Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Pure Victory Podcast. Matt and Braden here. And we got Braden's favorite people here, Brad and Lisa. They got Braden's name right last week. Not yeah, a- become my favorite people. <laughs> not, yeah. call, not calling you Braden. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I actually don't even hear that anymore. I just tune it out. But, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm calling my name by the rates. Uh, you're, you're 39 years old. You're almost 40 years old. And, <laughs> Thanks uh, for sharing that, by the way. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah. Next week, I think you're 40. And yep. it's still, it's, I, I said it's your mom's lifelong joke on you, calling you Brad. Yeah. But, is. um, Anyways, Brad and Lisa, it's awesome that you guys are here. And thanks for sharing your story last week. Listeners, if you haven't heard, go back and share. I love it. It's such a cool, powerful story where God gets all the glory. And and uh, just, I mean, the the heart of God and perseverance for their marriage too. Um, pretty awesome. And so we're excited to have uh, them back. They've got three kids. Uh, Brad's a first responder in Texas. Lisa's a realtor and they're on Instagram and uh, uh, Instagram at unrelenting pursuit underscore. And then they've got their unrelenting pursuit podcast too, that really recommend you guys checking out. But uh, Brad and Lisa, thanks for coming back and sharing a little bit more with our listeners. Yeah. Thanks for having, having us. us. Yeah. You bet. Can you share a little bit just to, I, I'm, as I was talking about your podcast, can you just pump that a little bit? Like what, what kind of stuff are you sharing on there? Oh man. We get a little bit of everything. It's, you know, it's funny because you you definitely learn as you go for sure in this, in this whole process, but we're committed to just being really real and honest and transparent about the things that are going on in our life around us and, and really just 
resources for marriage. I mean, that's, that's yeah. our heart. You know, we really want people to be in unrelenting pursuit of love, joy, and forgiveness through mm-hmm. God. So we, we really try to, to make sure that that's our focus. Well, and we got that hundred percent when we were chatting with you last week. And if you haven't heard it, go back and listen, cause they share their story of, you know, porn being in their marriage and fidelity and how they came back from that. And we are excited this week to chat with you guys about how you kind of developed a, a pathway of recovery or you leaned on God for recovery, I should say. Yeah. And what was that process for you? Because I mean, this bombshell gets dropped in your marriage and it was over time, but then all of a sudden this truth comes out and, you know, you've got to come back from that. But at the same time, you know, how do you heal out of that as well? Build intimacy again. How do you build oneness in your marriage again? Trust all those kind of things. So maybe share what happened after that truth was revealed. I know you mentioned you both chose to stay in the marriage. Mm-hmm. What was the pathway forward for you guys? Wow. Um, so, <laughs> well, I mean, I moved back into the house and, um, but there was still like residual everything, right? Like, you know, um, whoever I gave my phone number to, they'd still text, um, you know, all these things. So still emails, still emails, like all these things. And I think, uh, the very beginning was, I would say the hardest, I would think it was the rockiest where we don't like, uh, you know, we've said on our, on our podcast a few times, like we don't really argue, like we get in little arguments, but nothing like, you know, I've heard other people where they yell at each other and they get crazy. But I do remember there was times like during this process, like we did yell at each other. And like, I think one time I, and I've never do this. I like one time I think I smashed my phone on the ground, you know, and it's, but it was this hurt um, and, and trying to figure out like how to do this. And we didn't reach out for resources, which we probably should have, oh, hun- we, um, we 100% should have. We didn't, we were just like, okay, like, let's we, figure this well, out. I would say we, we moved almost immediately well, after. Yeah. But this, like what I was talking about, like when we were still there, before. we probably made like horrible financial decisions on moving we because absolutely did. literally <laughs> like Lisa's like, you're going to go trade that car in. Cause I don't ever want to see it again. Mm-hmm. You know? So I went to the dealership, bought a truck, like trade in, got a truck. And then her car was like on its last leg. And it's like, you know what? Let's just trade it in and get something else. I'm like so it was just, that God like, us for all of that. it was all this craziness, you know, and, and we're getting rid of all the furniture. Like we're not <laughs> like I, this bedroom furniture has got to go like, you know, and it was just, they this, tell you not to make any major decisions you know, after these things. All and we that. did all yeah. of that wrong. It, it was, was like, like, we're moving, we're doing all these things. Dun, 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 dun. Let's add more stress yeah. to yeah. what already is stressful. But, um, God, I, I really, I mean, I know this for sure. Like he had opened up that door for us to move and it was like starting new here where we're at now. We found a house to rent, um, you know, and while we didn't know what was going to go on, not that we weren't going to stay together. We just weren't sure how long we were going to be here. And, and to be totally honest, I didn't even know if I was ready to commit to putting my name on a mortgage with him. Yeah. I know. I mean, that that's how real I'm going to be right now. It was just literally like everything was so fragile at this point. Uh, you know, you're just taking such major faith steps that it was like, okay, like, will rent a house. Like, you know, it really felt yeah. like we were starting completely over. And to be really honest, I mean, I was almost a little frustrated with God, I think in that beginning part of the process, because, you know, um, I was so grateful that 
you know, Brad was, was wanting to work things out, but I really, you know, felt like I should have this brand new changed man that was coming home. You know, I mean, I really was like, you know, clearly God is going to bring this man home and he is going to, you know, there's going to be no, no more issues. Like he's going to be boom right there where, where he needs to be. And so God yeah. really, man, yeah. I mean, there, there were a couple of times even after, yeah. after we had, you know, quote unquote reconciled and, and, and living together again, that I was ready to walk away. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, and, you know, especially with porn, it, it is an addiction. And it, like, for me, it was like this cycle of, of, you know, okay, doing it again. And then oh man, what did I just do? You know, it's the classic, like I did it. I have shame. Please forgive me. And then I'm good for a minute. And then all of a sudden it comes again and it, you know, it keeps doing that. And, um, so that would happen throughout, I don't know, like just throughout our reconciliation. And I, I mean, I don't know, like if we have like a, oh, we're done reconciling point. Um, you know, yeah, it just always, was always moving forward. That's our yeah. goal. <laughs> um, but one thing that really helped us, uh, just in general with, with rebuilding trust and I mean, re, me rebuilding trust because it wasn't that I just didn't trust her. It was the other way around was, you know, almost putting together, which I didn't like at first, but it was these it was guardrails where you just put something in place. Like for me now, if I have to travel for work, (laughs) yeah, if I have to travel for work now, like I'm not going to like go to a place that's kind of like a bar because I don't want to be put in a situation where I either have to say no or I compromise. Like, you know, I don't want to do that. And so just having these guardrails up in our marriage. um, But at first for me, it was like, it felt like a lockdown, right? Like, oh, uh, your phone, like you can't take it to the bathroom with you. Like you can't do this. I, I don't want you doing that. You know, and so it felt like this lockdown. But the more that, not the more that I did that, the more that I focused on God and my relationship with God, the more I grew, the more freedom I found in this is fine. Like this is free. Like I have nothing else to hide because I had been living like, you know, last week I said I've been living a double life. And now as as we were going through this whole process, there was times like something would trigger Lisa. Um, I remember one time specifically I was uh, again out for work and uh, far away and I sent her a picture because I bought a shirt. And so I wanted to show her a shirt I bought. And so I sent her a picture like with my cell phone into the mirror, you know, so she could see the shirt. And uh, she immediately texts me back and she's like, where's your wedding ring? And I was like, it's on. And she's like, no, it's not. It's not on. I see it in the picture. It's not on. And so like I had to point out, it's crazy, how you, you know, that I put. did have it on. <laughs> like, here's the picture. Look, but that triggered her. And for yeah. I don't know how long it was like for a couple hours. Like she was, she's like, no, I don't want to talk to you now. Cause like I was calling her and she's like, no, I don't want to talk to you. But for me on my side, like I felt horrible that she was going through that. But from my side, I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, you know, I have this freedom and I need, and I understood where she was coming from. I wasn't mad at her, but it was like, instead of me trying to come up with this lie and like, no, this is why, you know, whatever, it was more of just, 
uh, a freedom of of living in truth. truth yeah. yeah. And I think I saw that very clearly in him when he stopped responding defensively. When yes. that that is when I saw, started to really see, um, you know, true. I would say restoration in his relationship with God, even when he was walking in that freedom. And even if there was something that came up where, you know, I mean, it's amazing how one little thing mm -hmm. can just boom and you're there, you're yep. there. And even as much healing as you may have gone through and as many steps forward as you might, might have taken, you feel like you're right there in that same place, that first step again. And so I think when I started to see him just, you know, really just, empathizing even with where I'm at, but not trying to defend and just like standing in the truth. Like there was something very tangible for me to see this transformation in him because before it was nothing but defensiveness and nothing but just, you know, trying to cover, 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 you know, and it, yeah. so it was very clear whenever, whenever that did finally become. And I think that helped with like intimacy. Yeah. One thing we really did too was we started dating again. You know, like, I mean, we still do it, but it was like, you know, Friday night or Saturday, sometime over the weekend, like we went on a date, we got a babysitter, went on a date. And, and this was an effort because we had, you yeah. know, at this point, three young kids, we needed to hire a sitter. Financially, it was a, a burden. It was, you know, and sometimes, man, you just, you're just tired. You just, mm -hmm. It's like, I don't want to go and do these things. And a lot of times in the beginning, those dates were not a like this awkward. romantic no. date thing, you know? it's like And sometimes it was awkward. Yeah, and like, sometimes it was awkward. Yeah. It's like you just didn't even know what to say because it was getting to know a person you had always known all over again, yeah. but you didn't know them at all. It was, it's very, very strange process to go through. And, but we we move forward. And I will say this, um, as far as, you know, actually moving forward in a relationship that has been broken or reconciling or whatever you're going, going through is we got connected into a church, uh, right mm -hmm. away when yeah. we moved here and we were in such a bad place <laughs> <laughs> that I remember when I found this church and I was, you know, like I'm going to church with the kids. And I remember telling Brad that morning and saying, Hey, I'm going to go to church, this church. Um, you know, you are welcome to come or you don't have to. And I remember him being like, like, well, I'm coming, you know, but, <laughs> but yeah. it was really like, I, I was at such a point of surrendering, like, okay, God's got to work in this man and I can't mm -hmm. force it, you know, cause I knew what he, I knew what he needed. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right. and as, as so many times when we're like, I know what you need, you know, it's like, if you yeah. do what I say, if you do what I do, then, then this will be better for you. And I, but I had, I had tried that. <laughs> yeah. So I knew that this wasn't going to be, I knew that his relationship to Jesus had to be authentic and real on his side of things, not because he was checking a box to do what I needed him to do in order to move forward in our marriage. So it was very like connect in to your church. This was when, this, when I like, this was, and I, I mean, I would just like, yeah. So we walked into that church and we both grew up in church. Um, you know, I mean, I, my uncles are pastors. My grandfather was a pastor. Like I grew up around this, you know, every time the doors were open, I was in church. We walked into this church and it was like, nothing I had seen before, not like, you know, this and that. It was more of, we welcome everybody, homeless off the street, whatever it is, like biker, whatever, like everybody's what, like there was people in shorts walking in the church, you know, and I'd never really 
seen that or experienced that. And we heard a lot of people talk that game, but not really yeah, live it out. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we were broken people, so we needed a place that was okay with broken people. Yeah. But we looked like just like we had it all together. You know, I mean, we had <laughs> like we came into that church, and you know, we we knew how to to play Do the church, church right? role. Like, you know, oh, and so we had our three little kids, and I remember telling telling Brad, I was like, we have to make an appointment with the pastor. He needs to know what we're going through. I need him to know that we are we are so broken right yeah. now, because it was like I can't let this, you know, just kind of illusion be there you know like if we were in this place of like needing to be absolutely upfront with where we were but that like that first like we walk in you know song service and i was just wrecked like the whole service i was like man like how's this i don't even know this pastor and he's like talking to me you know like the, you know the whole thing you hear all the time um, we're both st- sitting next to each other. Yeah, just, down our yeah, not looking. not looking at yeah, each other. Like no. I'm not, like, I'm not going to look at her. Um, and then, you know, we made a point to make an appointment with the pastor. And I think that's what really kicked off our connection with the church. And, um, you, you need that, you need that to go through, um, so many things in life, but especially like you're going through the hardest part of, of your life like you need that Support community yeah. and so we went in there sat down and i just threw everything up like mm-hmm. this is what happened this is what i did i'm a horrible person you know we're here now we're trying to make this work you know and just went on and um that was i think that was like the first time i had openly really shared what happened and and what we were going through and um he just like looked at me and instead of even his face like it was there was nothing like i didn't shock him you know like he didn't look at me like what in the world is going on here like you are a horrible person like nothing like that he just looked at me and i just remember the way he looked at me and what he conveyed was basically like he didn't see he saw where i could be with christ Cool. Like he didn't see where I was. He didn't see, you know, my past. He was like, okay, that's fine. You guys are here. Like, let's, 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 let's see what God can do now. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. So cool. One thing I'm picking up on, well, so there's a lot of things, but I, I thought pastor's response is so cool. Like it, there's yeah. no condemnation. There's no, there's no identifying you by your sin. It's just, man, okay. Everything's out. The light of God can come and shine on you. Make things new. So cool. So that's a, that's a mature response that a lot of people don't, or some people don't get when, even when they go to their pastor friends. And if you're listening and you haven't got that, I mean, we just can, we, we encourage you like, go share your story with safe people until they respond in a safe way. If somebody's hurt, you don't let that stop you and drive you to isolation. You got to share with people and find people and be praying for people. Some people think I don't have anybody to talk to you, but what you guys did was you went to a church that, maybe you didn't know people, but you made an appointment with the pastor. There's always churches. There's always yeah. pastors oh, we can yeah. make an appointment with. Yeah. yeah. And he so didn't cool. like not recognize what was going on oh, or yeah. ignore what was going on mm-hmm. or the pain or the, or the process that needed to be gone through. But he definitely pointed us towards what could be not what was. And we well, needed that in mm-hmm. that moment. We needed to know that this was no longer like, this wasn't going to be a church where, well, now you're, condemned to a certain area in the church for a certain <laughs> you know what i mean it was like no like great yeah. 
let's go through healing. Let God use your story. Let's mm -hmm. share your story. Let's have you lead people. Like it, oh. and it, we needed to have that just in that moment to know that there was something beyond this broken place that we were in in that moment. Hmm. Well, I'm, and I'm like Matt was saying, I'm picking up on a lot as you guys are sharing too, but you got support. That's a key component. You need support in marriage. Another thing I recognized as you were sharing is even with um, when you're sharing Brad, the, the ring story there yep. with Lisa, that component. And then Lisa, when you gave him the invitation, Brad, of coming to church instead of telling him. And what I picked up with that is we can't rush each other's healing. Mm -hmm. um, and often it's, we need to release each other into God's hands. And, you know, it can be moments where we can be frustrated and feel that frustration because you, you so want to, you think you're the voice of God to each other. <laughs> Sometimes God does work that way, but often it's more releasing each other and uh, giving each other an invitation to move forward in the marriage. So was that hard? I mean, I know there's probably other moments for you guys too. And, you know, as you did that, you had to kind of release each other into the healing process and not force it or think that each other has to be at a certain point when they're not. Um, how did you kind of navigate that? You know, was that, was that a difficult thing or was it something that you had to learn and grow through together? Surrender mm. is gut wrenching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really is because I think it's, it's, you know, surrender means we, we take our hands off of something completely, right? We recognize we don't have control. I didn't really realize I like control till I had no control. You know, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> And I really like things to be a certain way and, you know, I like things to be, you know, boom, boom, boom. And, you know, not having control over that and, and knowing that it didn't matter if I had all the answers that he needed, that he had to walk through this process. Yeah. And I remember a particular date night that we went on and, um, you know, it was one of those that just didn't end well. I can't remember what it even started off with, but we came home, you know, you're trying here, you've paid for a sitter, you know, you've gone to dinner and you're coming home and I'm upset, he's upset. And we're outside because we don't want to go inside and let the kids or the babysitter see that we're just like clearly not in a good place from our date night. And I remember him telling me, um, you have no idea what I see when I look in the mirror. And it hit me in that moment because I didn't, because I was so, I kind of wanted him to be in shame, if that made sense, you know, because mm -hmm. like, I felt like there was this payment process that needed to be paid. And part of me wanted him to, to do whatever he could to pay this price, you know? <laughs> yeah. And even though I knew that there was no payment he could ever make that would make it okay, I did want him to pay something. You know, it was like, there was this process I wanted him to go through and the hoops I wanted him to jump through. And then maybe on the other side of that, I would somehow feel better. And so it was like one of those God smacks. I'm sure we can all mm -hmm. relate to what that feels like, where it was like recognizing that this, that he had to heal. And it wasn't just me because I think part of me was like, what does he have to heal from? You know, like I'm the one yeah. who was hurt. I'm the one who was betrayed. Uh, he made those decisions. Like I really didn't think about his process of healing. And God really convicted me that day that I needed to start praying that when Brad looked in the mirror, that he would not see what he had done, but he would see what God had done for him. And so I began to pray that that day and I continued to pray. I never told Brad that that was a prayer mm -hmm. that I started to pray for him, but I knew when it happened. 
I knew when he finally looked in that mirror and he started to see what God had done for him instead of just feeling the shame because it was a process of both of us having to heal from different things. And I think the enemy wants to use both of those places, right? He wanted Brad to stay in a place of shame because he can mm -hmm. do things in shame, yeah. right? And he wanted me to stay in pain because it's the same thing. He, he, he kept using those same same things against us. And so when I, when I kind of even recognize and step back to see the healing process that Brad had to walk through, because the truth is I wanted him to be healed. I wanted a healed husband because that was part of what I needed to have that new man that I knew God wanted me to have, you know, he needed yeah. to heal. And I didn't want him to stay in that mind space uh, back there with all the bad things that, you know, even though I wanted to pay, I had to know there was not a price he could ever pay to make it okay. And if you're in that place of feeling like you're trying to make your spouse pay for whatever it is that they've gone through, there will never be a payment they can make. There never will, it will never be enough. You, you have to choose to forgive. And if you choose to forgive, you have to move forward with that choice and you have to keep forgiving and you have to keep forgiving and you have to keep forgiving. Mm -hmm. That's really good. That's really good. When we, when we punish our spouse, we think we're punishing them because they deserve it, but we get punished too. We don't get the marriage that we want. We yeah. got to give them grace. They got to grow and we can reap the benefits yeah. of that too. It's a funny thing. It's a fleshly response. Hey, eh? um, Lisa, does it take you a while once you started seeing that he was changing, not being defensive, did it take you a while to actually admit that or affirm that, acknowledge that verbally once you started seeing it? Because sometimes sometimes it's scary to admit it because once you admit it, it's like, okay, now I can't go back. <laughs> so you got to watch it for a while. Was that true for you? I don't know if we ever like verbally said that, mm -hmm. like where I verbally was like, oh, I noticed you're not getting defensive anymore. But I think we both knew because when he stopped getting so defensive, I start I stopped being triggered so quickly. Mm -hmm. So it it was one of those things of like like both of those things correlated, and so that we both knew that there was growth there because instead of me just being like boom, I'm I'm over here again, you know, and when he didn't act so defensively, it helped me to not feel like every single thing that. M you know, might be something that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm spiraling. Instead, I was like, okay, no, I'm supposed to take every thought captive, right? God says, take every thought captive. I'm going to take that thought. Is that true? Is that a lie? Okay, where am I going to put that? And, you know, and start this sorting process in my mind of like recognizing God's truth and recognizing the lies of the enemy and knowing where to put those things. So I guess that would be the answer to that question. It's actually huge because I, with guys, I often will tell them, I, I mean, there's guys that are free from porn for a year and a half and their wife is still really triggered or impacted and I, you know some of them even last week talking to a guy like hey are you feeling pity for yourself well yeah <laughs> like he knew it was wrong but he was feeling sorry for himself and we just want to try to encourage people out there our ministry like oh well guys if you've brought something that god didn't intend in your marriage you're gonna have consequences he never intended but you're not the victim here like you did something but brad you didn't play the victim maybe you did a little bit but I, in this stuff you're talking about like hey i understood that she was triggered i wasn't mad i understood that and that led to Lisa then not being as triggered mm -hmm. as she saw that you weren't defensive. I, I just, I love that process that you were not a victim, didn't feel sorry for yourself. You're like, no, yeah, I get it. And that through like the whole process of even when we first got back together and going through these cycles of, of still looking at porn and then, you know, just going through that cycle I talked about earlier, I never really did play a victim on an, at all because i knew like i made the choice right like you know people say i mean 
like I would read the Bible and it's like, he'll give you a way out. You know, no temptation is new to man. Like he'll give you a way out. And I would never take a way out. I would always just, Oh, here we go again. Like here I mess up again. I mess up again. Um, but I never took a victim on it. So I knew what triggered her and I would try not and that's where the guardrails came in in our marriage like i wanted because i still had to travel for work and so i made sure like there was things i did um you know with this so she wouldn't get triggered and he facetimed uh, me more which he doesn't love face i don't like facetime because <laughs> at some point it gets awkward it's like what are we yeah. what are we doing anymore? he sent you me know? a lot of pictures he sent me a lot of texts yeah. he, he right. made sure that i had access to all of his passwords anything that i wanted to see whenever i wanted to see it yeah. he made sure i had that available and he never tried to say this is mine or this is my space or my, my privacy mm -hmm. or, you know, and that's huge. If, if you're on that side of things, like, no, be, be transparent, be open because yeah. it shows repentance. It shows the things that, that your spouse is looking for, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, because really, truly, if you're moving forward, like you want to see someone who's transparent, repentant, you know, has those guardrails, putting their priorities in the right place. Like you want to see those steps being taken. Absolutely. And, like when Lisa was talking about how she would pray that I'd see somebody different in the mirror, you know, all these things that took years, yeah, like years. It wasn't till, I mean, we're 10 years past this. Was it last year? I think it was two I years ago. I think it was two years ago. I, I was just spending time praying and I just, I was like emotionally overwhelmed because a lot of times when I'd pray, all these things would come back. And I'd always be like, man, I miss so much. I hurt the kids. I hurt Lisa. Like all these things would just like start coming back at me and like real scars, you know, on my family that I made, you know, and that was always what would come in my mind. I made these, I made these. And it was that one time where God, it just like rushed over me and God's like, look at what you see those scars and you keep saying like, I made those scars, but you should be looking at those scars and saying like, look what God did. Like, despite what you did, look what God did. And so that, yeah, that was like two years ago yeah. that it finally hit me where I could really feel this, this, you know, I didn't look at my youngest and go like, man, I miss so much. Or I didn't look at the other kids and like, wow, look what, you know, all these, all these hurts. I didn't look at Lisa and go, I did so much bad, you know, it was, it was a whole different perspective change and, and that took a long time. And I mean, you know, we've grown through this whole process and I wasn't expecting something like that, you know, uh, what, eight years later, I wasn't expecting to have something like that. I was just, yeah, it just hit. Yeah. God is so good at taking us through. And I think, yeah, the healing process really can't be rushed. And just like you said, it is a different for every person. But I think intentionally moving towards that is is a really big deal and pursuing after healing for yourself, for your for your spouse, mm -hmm. at your marriage, those are things that are worth doing. So for those people that might be hearing and going like, well, eight years of this. Are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> no. we had great, our journey has been beautiful. There were setbacks, you know, and, and there were times that pain was so real and relevant and right in the front. And then, but God showed us so much through this, our story, 
may seem really long, but when we look back at it and look at it, we see how God just weaved through mm-hmm. so many things to bring us to this point where we can openly share our story, where we can not just share and, and crumble, you know, mm-hmm. where we yeah. can, we can tell people there is hope. So I would just tell anyone that is, you know, maybe at the beginning of that place, we can tell you unequivocally, it is worth the fight. It is worth doing. It is worth walking through. Unequivocally, if you go and you do the things and you pursue after Jesus, there is hope in the middle of those really mm-hmm. bleak places. Wow. I mean, I think you just encapsulated everything so beautifully there in sharing what you just did. And that is very hopeful. Um, I love what you said about what you guys were mentioning about being intentional, working hard to be on the same page together and moving forward together. And through that, you've come out and now you're you like you've, you mentioned you're still on the journey as we all are in our marriages mm-hmm. but you chose each other you chose a marriage you chose god and through that you have a message of hope in this and i think that's just such a blessing to everybody that uh, is listening because i think there's so many couples out there that they just think it's too big it's too big of a problem whatever's going on in their marriage whether it be porn infidelity maybe it's just communication issues mm-hmm. maybe it's trauma anything mm-hmm. they think it's too big but uh, our god's a big god and and look what he did in your guys's marriage so there is hope mm-hmm. uh, any last words you guys want to share to the listeners out there i think that drop your pride um be humble one thing i learned through this whole thing i really think that everything that happened with me uh, stemmed through a pride issue of wanting to be not that I grew up with unloving parents or anything like that, but it was like this pride of like the typical male, right. You know, that, that, that social media portrays that TV portrays that Hollywood portrays all this of like, you know, all the girls want this person, you know, he can do whatever he wants. Like this typical male. And I would, I think it all stems from pride. Um, so to lay down your pride, being transparent is huge. And I think that's really hard for guys to do, but man, like when you can get that and it's not easy, but when you can get that going, like it's beautiful. Um, cause it's like I said earlier, like when she was mad at me about not thinking I didn't have my wedding ring on, I was, I was fine. You know, I mean, I was going to work it out with her, but it was, I wasn't defensive. I didn't feel any shame or anything like that I had to hide because I was fully transparent in in all we do. Um, And then also the biggest thing is uh, priority has to be God. It has to be like, I mean, I saturate since all this, I saturate my day with Jesus. You know, I listen to Christian music. I pray every chance I get, like everything I do has him somehow inter interweaved with that because I truly believe like you have to have that strong uh, relationship with God because we're all going to get tested at some point. And, uh, and if you don't have it, you're, you're going to fall. Absolutely. So I would just encourage guys to uh, get in the word, make God a priority and, and uh, put your pride down. Mm-hmm. 
And coming from a guy who looks as manly as you do, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for those of that. you that are, are can't see, he has an awesome handlebar mustache. Yeah, yeah. This is a little one, but man, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not too bad. <laughs> oh, it's pretty good. Absolutely. So lay down your pride, seek the Lord. So cool, you guys. This has been so powerful. And uh, listeners, I'm sure that you've been impacted. So Brad and Lisa, thanks so much for your time and for spending a couple of weeks with us. Oh, Absolutely. thank you guys. Thanks for having it's us. It's awesome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. If you want to leave a review on the app, you definitely uh, will help move this mission forward. Share the episodes with uh, with your friends and uh, and feel free also to go to Unrelenting Pursuit Podcast to listen to more of Brad and Lisa. God bless. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.